You're listening to the Script Lab Podcast. I'm Shaney Edwards. Today I speak with Oscar winner Casey Affleck, who wrote, directed, and stars in Light of My Life, a film that is essentially a father-daughter survival story, where a mysterious plague has killed off nearly all the women, creating a dangerous gender imbalance. We talk about Casey's writing process, why he doesn't consider himself a screenwriter, and the great advice he got from writer Kenneth Lonergan, who wrote Manchester by the Sea. In Light of My Life, Casey plays the father of an 11-year-old girl called Rag, played beautifully by newcomer Anna Panowski. To keep his daughter safe, he makes her dress as a boy, but it's only a matter of time before she won't be able to hide her gender any longer. The movie is a fantastic slow burn and will have you on the edge of your seat during its heart-stopping climax. And if indie film is your thing, you might want to check out my podcast with actress-writer-director Lynn Shelton about her super fun new film, Sword of Trust. But let's get to Casey and his film, Light of My Life. Hi, Casey. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Sure. This movie, Light of My Life, it's so powerful. Um, it was moving. It was emotional. It was terrifying. It's also a lot of different kinds of stories. It's a survival story, a father-daughter story, a coming-of-age story. How did you see it when you were writing it, and what was the inspiration? Oh, God. Okay, so I have to say that like, I don't think of myself as being a screenwriter. It isn't something that I studied or something that I sort of planned on doing. I will get to your answer, but I, but there's, you know, working on movie sets as mostly as an actor, but also as sometimes other things, I just began to feel like um, I wanted to tell my own stories too. And the only way I knew how to do that was to try to start writing down because that's how most movies begin, not all, but, and I started to write down scenes that I thought were interesting and not always with the intention of actually putting together a script that would I could then sell or produce or whatever, but simply just as a way of sort of like memorializing like moments that I had seen. And, um, and some people I know they have experiences and they go home and write a little short story about it, or they, they see an exchange between two people and they go home and that becomes a, like a play or whatever, or they write a song about it. But I've just having spent so many years doing movies and reading scripts, I just would go like, Oh, that's a great moment. You know, that was just, those are the terms in which I was sometimes would think about interactions between people and so I started to write down scenes and those scenes then became a collection of scenes that started to have the shape of a movie I didn't set out to do anything in any one genre but you're right that this has elements of all those things and I think that this movie is um, a result of like years and years of just liking certain stuff and then just soaking it up and so then when I went to kind of try to tell my own little story all of those um all of those other movies and other things i'd read and seen sort of came out a little bit so it's a father daughter uh father uh, parent story be, uh, it's a parent child story because it's um that was kind of what was happening in my life but it's also a kind of um house in the woods movie because mm -hmm. like um I kind of like those movies and it's a sort of post-apocalypse movies because I love those movies and it's um so it has all these like 
it's like a big stew. It, it is sort of the way that I cook, which is to just like open the cupboards and see what's there, not like go find a recipe on Goop or something. It's kind of like to see, okay, this is what's available to me and throw, put it all in the pot and what do you got? Um, so um, I love those apocalypse movies. I mm. like sort of coming of age stories and I like... You know, um, like Witness is a, is a favorite movie of mine, and there's elements of that in this, and um, Children of Men, and uh, Paper Moon. Um, Loved Paper Moon. It's such a great film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's in there, you know, for sure. These, like, long two shots of a, a dad and his daughter arguing I straight straight off of, out of Paper Moon. So um, it's sort of this, like, weird hodgepodge thing um, that I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to be when it was finished cooking Um, and then it's done and people say oh what a brilliant choice you decided to make a coming of age story with a this story with a that story and and um, and I, it's tempting to take credit for having the, all that be premeditated, but it really wasn't. Oh, that's great. One thing I loved about the movie is that you didn't bog us down with a lot of exposition. Mm. Um, we sort of discover things through the movie, v- visually, and just by kind of behaviors and things like that. Is that something that you set out intentionally, or is that just kind of the way that you see a movie? That was intentional, and it was also that because I've been an actor so many times, and I've been doing other people's scripts where the, you know, sometimes someone's at home writing a script, and they think, like, I'm not sure this is going to come across. I'm not sure if the actor's going to do this right, and they don't even know who's going to be performing their script, and they put so much time into writing it. There's a certain, like... um I, I often felt bad for screenwriters because they thought, like, they're just at home. <laughs> they cook up this this beautiful thing. They write this thing, and then they have to just, like, let it go and and surrender to all of the other people's wills that are going to come in. Very rarely ask their permission or consult them. Um, and it's even more rare that they're giving the authority to say yes or no about something. So... Um, so sometimes they will put, I, I can see that they're writing in there things just to make sure, they're like little insurance statements, make sure that such and such an idea comes across to the audience. But, and I would, I could recognize that, but I also knew as an actor that it wasn't necessary if the actor could see what they were trying to impart and then do it with a performance. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so I thought like, oh, we can just do it with the performance. Yeah. We don't have to we don't have to make this put everything into the words you know like so often people just they're talking about the thing that they're they're talking about the coffee pot on the table and how hungry they are they're not talking about all the the stuff that is happening around them in the narrative of their day or their life that's a very like convoluted weird way of saying that, like yeah i didn't want to use exposition because i knew that like there was only me and one other actor and that we were going to be able to convey certain things without saying them. You absolutely did. And I think perhaps uh, the subtext comes through because that's probably something that you think about a lot as an actor too, is the subtext of the dialogue. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Completely. Um, I mean, for example, you write a scene like on the page, it just sounds like two characters sitting there talking about like... Um, some book they read but if an actor plays it 
never even looking at that other actor, always looking over their shoulder or looking over his own shoulder, like they're standing there in the middle of the woods. One actor is constantly looking around. Then you get a lot. The audience understands a lot, or at least their interest is peaked. And so um, if a screenwriter was like not sure that an actor was going to do that, make that choice, they might want to write in somewhere to the dialogue you know, shh, did you hear that? Or something like that. Or it's it's funny that we're talking about this book in such a dangerous woods. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it was extraordinary and mundane at the same time. And that's a really fine line to balance. But you, you did it Can you imagine, like, what the script was for Gene Dealman? Like, I cannot imagine how anyone would have said, like, read this script and understood what the movie was going to feel like. Right. Do you know what I mean? It would have, first of all, the movie's four hours, mm-hmm. and so it would have been a long script. And the dialogue is never, ever about what the movie is. It right. is just one scene after the other of mundane tasks and chores, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, all that stuff. But it, it really grows on you, and it becomes very oddly suspenseful. So it was stuff like that that I was kind of after. Uh, and also, I felt that if you were to if you write something that is like feels believable, um, then you start to care about the people a little bit. Like if they're flawed in a believable way, they're you know that kind of thing. And the only way that this movie would be interesting or work at all is if you cared about the relationship or you cared about these two people. Absolutely. The other thing I loved is that you start the movie with this twelve-minute scene where you're basically telling your daughter a story. But there's so much intimacy in that scene. And you don't know yet what's happening and why they're in the tent. Maybe they're camping. What was it like uh, creating that scene? I mean, part of it, you have to give credit to Anna, your actress who plays Rag. She's great. She's very great. And she's great in just the right way for, for this scene, which is to say that like that scene was scripted completely. It feels like it wasn't. It feels like it wasn't because she's listening and she's like, I give her all the credit in the world for that because she is listening in a way that is completely believable, like just small smiles or small little reactions or non-reactions. She is not preparing her response to this story. She's she's doing what is so hard for actors to do sometimes, which is to just sit there, not do anything and listen to and to the other person. And um, it it it's great. It was great to work with her for that reason, and it was um, and it makes that scene uh, work. Yeah, absolutely. There's some biblical themes. Uh, you start with the sort of a Noah's Ark story. She later comes back, returns to that story, and sort of makes it her own. And I thought it was just a fabulous way of showing the shift in her and the shift in the story when she sort of takes ownership. Um, was that uh, the way that you wanted to see it? Because it's almost like you're the, the protagonist to start, and then you sort of hand over the reins, or she kind of takes the reins. Yes, that was the idea. And, you know, the choice to use, like, a, a story from the Bible uh, was, in, I guess, in part a kind of a happy accident. It, it, it wanted it to be something about the species, about, like, survival, mm. uh, catastrophe, the species, the environment, all that stuff. It's kind of, like, much bigger, worldly, sort of troubling issues, like now we think a lot about. Um, and 
obviously have thought about for thousands of years because there there are so many myths and religious stories about you know the flood that use flood whether it's from the bible or other places and so um and that this story also is about that it's about this big disease and this, you know catastrophe and the survival of the species um but also it it works because it's so much about like how do the stories that our culture uh, um have been telling how do they sort of for years generation after generation after generation how do they influence this, each generation of storytellers and what we think about ourselves how we think you know what, what kind of what we think is heroic or not heroic or like how a hero should behave like how those kinds of stories like really have a giant impact on um like our identities and how we create our identities and um and so, and this story is also about a young person creating, discovering, and creating her own identity. Um, and she is able to sort of keep it, uh, to filter the stories that she's being told and take what is like matters to her and sort of assert herself in a, in a great way. You know, she doesn't just say, um, she doesn't identify with like a passive character in the in the biblical story. She like she sort of flips that whole story on its head and says like, no, I'm th- I'm this character, and this character does something extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, I love that just because it's like someone who's not who's who's rejecting uh, the old way and sort of ushering in a new way. Absolutely. It also gives the film a sense of a fairy tale or a parable as well. You know, like this is kind of a cautionary tale. It, it, this movie is just so many different things. It's, it's amazing. Like the, just sitting here talking to you about it, I'm starting to remember all these other aspects of it. Um, I don't want to spoil the ending. Did you think of other endings? Or was this always the ending that you wanted? I thought of other endings of the, like what would happen next uh, mm-hmm. kind of endings and because um, you kind of I you left me where I thought okay this is good but next what's going to happen next right. <laughs> like <laughs> what yeah <laughs> I don't know I it just felt right felt I wish right. I had a like a really great thought out answer for that but I think it it just felt like this is. The story that we've been telling has come to an end. Like this person has 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 shown that she doesn't have to be protected. She can protect herself and she can protect her dad. We sort of can imagine what the future is, allowing for the fact that the future could be anything. That it, it, it you know they still live in a very dangerous world. On the other hand, is it really any more dangerous than it's ever been? You know, it's like there's lives lives go on, you know, and the things that people care about stay the same. The things that people are afraid of stay the same. The species survives. You know, um, there's a sort of intrinsic goodness to people that will probably prevail. Yes. You definitely left me with that sense of hope. Um, because it could have not been that way. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your writing process. So I know you you don't consider yourself a screenwriter, but obviously you are, and a good one. What did you take from acting as an actor to help you 
right. Any did anything? Um, well, you know, Kenneth Lonergan is one of our greatest living writers and um, and directors too, I suppose. And uh, uh, but he's written so many plays and movies. Says oh, every time I would ask him, like for some help, he would just say like, "Well, what would you?" just ask yourself like what would you do what would you say next like and the lack of his approach of maybe he's keeping some secrets but like that the simplicity of that and the like lack of artifice of just that just have people talk the way that they talk and have them behave the way that you can imagine them behaving was a guiding light for me and it was also in part because it was like it was a way of doing things that was easy enough that I could handle. It wasn't like, well, now you need to build in this fancy writing to thing, and you got to do this fancy writing trick, and then you're going to have to, you know, create your B story it has to have a, you know, a, a, a false victory here, and then, um, so um, it was really just like, just think about what person, what people would do, and and I think. You know, obviously, he's way more advanced than that, and he will he can he can follow that line of thinking and end up with a four hundred page script and then pare it down with his understanding of like drama. But he, um, in a way that I can't. But um, so in many ways, that is exactly the approach that I had as an actor, which was just to say like, would I say this? Why? Why does he say that? Like, it doesn't make any sense that someone says, you know. Um, asks him if he wants soup, and then he responds in this way. It doesn't, you know what I mean? That doesn't, we're not, this doesn't feel authentic to me. And nobody's an expert, which is nice. It's that, which is why it's fun. It's a fun thing to do. There's no right answer. Uh, there's just kind of like your answer. And then, um, and so writing the screenplay became very much the process that I would have when I picked up someone else's screenplay and started to think about how to play the scene. Great. Um, you wrote, directed and starred in this, did you ever have a moment where you were like, I don't know if this is going to work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it would work? Yes. I often thought, like, why would anyone want to watch it? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? That kind of a thing. But, like, that that's okay. I knew what uh, I had decided to do, and it was to make something that I cared about. And... Um, I also knew that like those are the kinds of movies that I like the most um, is movies that I can tell that someone really cared about. It was personal to them. Um, so I had faith in that that decision that I had made. Um, but I, I, I didn't have faith that anyone else would actually care. But I knew that I would be happy with it. Um, I didn't think ever like, oh, geez, I'm not going to be able to direct a scene and act in a scene because I'd been on enough sets and I knew what was involved, what was required from both roles. Gotcha. Sorry, my answers are very long. I love it. It's okay. great to sit and talk with you. Um, I guess my last question for you is, are you going to continue to write and direct? I, I would like to direct again, um, but it's, I don't know if, if I'll write again. I have written other scripts and I... Um, and they're not always things that I want to direct. Like there were scripts for other people. There were just scripts for hire. Someone says, hey, we write this. Um, and man, it's hard. It's just like, it's a grind. It's lonely. 
Um, it's very, very satisfying when you're when you're happy with the scene, when it comes alive, like it's invigorating. Um, what I tend to do is like if a scene works, I jump up, I feel great, I'm like I got so much done, I love that, and I go on with my day, and then I realize like I wrote one scene, <laughs> and that I have to go back and do it all. And then when I'm not happy with anything I've written, I go like this sucks, this is so hard. Like, none of it's working, and I get up and go on with my day, and then I've written zero scenes. So a bad day is zero scenes, and a good day is one scene. That means it's going to take a long time to write a script. So uh, I've asked a lot of other screenwriters when I've been lucky enough to kind of rub elbows with some people who are great. I try to get out of them, like, how they how they do that, you know, how they deal with all that. Um, and I've gotten some pretty good answers, but they're still hard to do, even when you get like a, one of the best to give you some good advice, you know. Like what? What, what advice? I mean, like, um, like, uh, oh, geez, you know, write, write, write about something you love and don't ever talk about it. You know, that's pretty good advice. Like, yeah. I found that like talking about it, which I was tempted to do because it's on your mind a lot, takes all of the energy out of it. So just don't talk about it. Like, just have it be separate because the energy will build up inside you and then you'll go and write it. At least it worked for me. And I was maybe good for other people to talk about it. Or, you know, like, just write a little bit every day and don't read it back. Just sit down and write a little bit for, uh, like, not, don't think about the quantity, but just go, like, for the next hour, I'm just going to keep writing literally the words, the keys, the words, the keys, period. And then when the clock dings, you're done. Even if you're happy with it or you're not happy with it or you have more that you want to write, you have to stop and then move on. And, of course, there's the classic, you have to disable your Wi-Fi if you want to get anything done. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Casey. This has been oh. fantastic and eye-opening, and I wish you the best of luck with Light of My Life. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you. You too.